You know, even though men didn't understand women and still don't, God understood women. And even in a suppressed time, God caused their light to shine and he used them in a magnificent, magnificent way. The woman was deceived, but the woman conceived. And when the woman conceived, she blessed all of mankind because she brought forth Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Thanks to the faith of a woman, God's word was fulfilled and salvation entered the world. Transgression may have had its start with a woman, but salvation also had its start in the womb of a woman. Mary went through a tremendous ordeal to bring forth Jesus, and Jesus went through even more so that we can have abundant life and identity with Him. Today's message celebrates the importance of mothers and their continuous impact in the world. Hey man, God is so good, and, and it's such a special day. I want to talk to you a little bit about Mother's Day. Uh, Dad talked about my mom a little bit, and uh, I, I just, all these memories just keep flooding back. Different things that she would do, and you know, the times that we would spend together, and I, I was blessed. I, have a, I had a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful mother, and uh, I, I can remember her putting Christmas trees together, and She'd hang icicles, and that's when icicles were real icicles. They were made of lead, you know, just enough to kill you if you ate it. But anyway, but she, she would drape those trees, and every icicle had to be precisely hung at the same length. Now, she was such a good mother, she would allow uh, Brick and I to go hang some icicles, and then when we went to bed, she took them all off and put them on like they were supposed to be. So she'd take care of us. And, and you know, I, I tell people all the time, she spoiled me just a little bit. You know, she washed my clothes. She'd wake me up to go eat breakfast. I'd go back and lay down to the very last minute. She'd wake me up again so I could go to school. She picked up my dirty clothes. She made up my bed. She washed all this other stuff. And when I got married, I thought that's what my wife was supposed to do. Yeah, you might well laugh, because boy, that did not work at all. She let me know real quick she wasn't my mother. So on Mother's Day, I tell her, you're not my mother. Just remember that. So, no, I'm just teasing. She spoils me as well. Last Wednesday night, I met with the 10, 11, 12-year-olds, and we were talking about mothers in the Bible. And uh, one, one of the kids asked, why are we talking about mothers? I said, duh, why do you think we're talking about mothers? And thank God for little Lily. She jumped up and she said, because it's Mother's Day Sunday. You know, leave it to the girl in the room to know that it was Mother's Day. None of the boys knew whatsoever was going on. But we were talking about them, and we began to talk about some of the New Testament uh, mothers. We talked about Mary and about Elizabeth. In the Old Testament, we talked about Naomi and Jochebed and Eve. And I began to think about these women. And, you know, you have to understand that time. During that time, women were expendable commodities, I taught all the kids a new word. They were considered chattel. Everybody here know what chattel is? One of the boys said, you think they're cow? I said, not cattle, they're chattel. And uh, that meant that their, their husbands owned them. And so I love God's book because, you know, even though men didn't understand women and still don't, God understood women. And even in a suppressed time, God caused their light to shine, and He used them in a magnificent, magnificent way. And so we, we just have to remember that. And, and all I did was name five of the women of the, of the Old and the New Testament, 
Listen, they're, they're seated throughout the whole thing. And so God has recognized. Jesus recognized women more than any other prophet on the planet. Of course, he was the, 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 the real true prophet. And he recognized women and, and how he blessed them. I look at these women, I look at their courage. Can you imagine being Jochebed? How many of y'all know who Jochebed? Don't raise your hands. I don't want to embarrass you. Here he had, she has Moses. Now you know who she is, okay? She has Moses, and because they're killing all the children, she has to go put her child in the Nile River. If you know anything about the Nile, you know one good thing about the Nile is it's full of crocodiles. And so she puts her baby in the Nile River, and actually what she does is she doesn't put her baby in the Nile. She puts her baby in the hands of God. And because she was able to put her baby in the hands of God and trust God, God preserved Moses and what a, what a blessing he has been to all mankind. Can you imagine having to put your infant in a basket and stick him in the Nile River? I mean, I, I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine what that was like. But I'm going to tell you that is a faith that's unequaled by a lot of people. That was the confidence. And God so honored that faith that he even let her become the nursemaid to her own child. Can you imagine that? And so we, we see these mighty, mighty things. And, and Elizabeth, Elizabeth gets pregnant. The angel comes down and tells Zachariah what's going on. And he said, that can't be. And she says, well, it is. And the angel comes and shuts his mouth. Good story there, men. Sometimes we just need to shut our mouths. You know, let the women move in faith, and you just agree with their faith. Is that okay? Anyway, it's a move in faith. I'll shut up. All the men are staring me down. So I begin to look at it, and then Mary, gosh, young girl, 14, 15 years old, and she received the Holy Spirit unlike anybody had ever on the planet received the Holy Spirit. So she's this amazing woman. But you know, from a man's perspective, a lot of times we blame women for what's going wrong. How many of you know that's true? Just shake your head. Yeah, you know, we know that's the truth. Women, women have always been the problem. In Genesis 3.12, God's talking to Adam and he says, Adam said, the woman who you gave to me to be with me, that woman that you gave to be with me, not the one I picked, the one you made. Whew. Hey, he was bold, wasn't he? He just was blame shifting. She gave me the fruit of the tree and I ate. And then the Lord God said to the woman, what is this you have done? And the woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. In 1 Timothy 2.14, the scripture says, and Adam was not deceived. Uh-oh. You know what that means? That means that God said, Adam, you're more responsible for the fall in the garden than Eve was because you knew the truth and you chose to forsake me anyway. So the next time you decide you want to blame a woman for something, remember the responsibility God has placed on you. He said they were deceived. I began to think about that. Can I tell you this, though? Woman was deceived, but woman also conceived. Are you missing it? Woman was deceived, but woman conceived. 
In Romans 5.12, therefore just as sin came into the world through one man and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sinned. He says sin came into the world how? Through one man. Think about this now. Think about this. Romans 5.16, and the free gift is not like the result of that one man's sin, for the judgment following one's trespasses brought condemnation. But the free gift following many trespasses brought justification. For if because of one man's trespass, death reigned through that one man, much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. Therefore, as one trespass led to condemnation for all men, so the one act of righteousness leads to justification and life for all men. And it says, through one woman, I said, through one woman's faith, salvation was brought into the earth. John 1.12, but to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. So let me just take you back through this whole thing and bring it to you just like it is. If Mary hadn't have said yes, Jesus wouldn't have been born. If, if Jesus wasn't born, there wouldn't have been salvation. So sin may have had its, transgression may have had its start with a woman, but salvation also had its start in the womb of a woman. Amen? And so we begin to see this and we understand that, that, that the woman was deceived, but the woman conceived. And when the woman conceived, she blessed all of mankind because she brought forth Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. And because of this one man, Jesus, we live in the blessings. And he said that he gave, look what he says here. I want to back up just a little bit into Romans. And he said, before, if because of one man's death, trespass reigned through that one man, much more, say much more, will those who receive the abundance of grace, say I receive the abundance of grace. Can I tell you most of us lie when we say that because we don't walk in the abundance of grace. We walk more in condemnation than we do in the favor of God. We recognize more what the enemy has to say than what God has to say. And because of that, we don't walk in the abundance of grace. We don't realize who we are. We've lost our identity. Listen, Mary went through a whole lot to bring forth Jesus, and Jesus went through even more so that we could have an identity in Christ Jesus and we could rule and reign with Him in life. Turn to your neighbor and say, in life. Oh, we have, we have so changed that Scripture. We have changed that Scripture not to what it says, because what it says is, through one man, much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus. How many of you wait until you die to reign? See, that's what we've been told. Maybe you ought to go read your Bible. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible said if we will receive the abundance of grace and acknowledge the free gift that's been given to us and walk in the power of the Holy Spirit, we can reign right here, right now on the earth. He said we're going to reign in life. How many of you now are proud of Mary for what she did? Ooh, me too. Thank you, Mary, for what you did. I, I appreciate the fact that she received what the Holy Spirit spoke to her. If it wasn't from the faith of a woman, listen, we would none of us be walking in salvation right this minute. It was because of the work of Jesus, but it was because of the faith of the woman. The book of Proverbs encourages a woman to build her home. 
He encourages her to do things that will cause that house not to be a house, but to be a home where love. Daddy read the scripture to you out of Psalms 31, where he taught, I mean, Proverbs 31, where he talks about a virtuous woman. Listen, a man can try all he wants to, but it's the woman that really makes that home a home. Amen. And so we begin to understand this whole idea that, that we are, are, are wonderfully made, but women have a whole different purpose and a whole different outlook on life, and they were created to bring to, bring to life something that men just have a hard time doing. Motherhood is both precious and difficult. I get tickled. I've been with a lot of you long enough now to watch your children have grown to little children to adulthood. And, and I would tell people all the time that I thought it was hard with little children, but I found out once they became adults it was a whole lot harder because when they were children they had to do what you told them to do. When they became adults, they didn't have to do anything you told them to do. But the concern and the desire and the heart never changes. Doesn't matter whether they are this big or this big. The heart of the mother and also the heart of the father stays in this place. And so it's, it's, it's difficult, it's not easy. And when you see your children about to run into a semi and you're hollering and screaming, get out of the road, get out of the road, get out of the road, and they just head along into what they're doing, listen, your heart breaks. Your heart absolutely just breaks. When you can't do anything, when they're hurting and you want to fix it for them and you can't fix it for them, all you can do is love them. That's what it means to be a mama. That's what it means to love unconditionally. You have to be courageous and strong. That courage and strong, let me tell you something. My mother had another son, my middle brother named Brad. He lived from the time he was three to six with lymphoma cancer. And the doctors were telling her every time they saw him, he probably won't live three months. The original prognosis was three months, so that would have been three years and three months old. But he didn't die, and they prayed, and he lived to be six years old. At six years old, he went to be with the Lord. For three years, my mother sheltered me and my brother, we didn't even know our brother had cancer. We had no idea. She took on that courage, and I'm sure the tears that she said, now Daddy can probably tell you about all the tears that she shed, but we didn't see them. Why? She had two other children she had to take care of. You talk about courage. That's unbelievable courage. Unbelievable courage. And so we see now, we see mothers that will lay down their lives for their children. I don't really know of a loving mother that wouldn't be willing to do that for her children, to lay down their lives. They have to be courageous and they have to be strong. And they walk these things out with and for their children. You know, I, I said it before, it's difficult. How many of you have ever, you just, 
Man, you've just seen that kid and, and you just love him to pieces, but he's about to dry you absolutely. I'm saying he, I'm sure girls do it too, but I raise boys. And he's about to ride, drive you absolutely nuts. You want to take and grab him by the hair and pull it out by the roots, and you want to kick him in the butt and tell him to just get outside and don't stay around you whatsoever. Anybody in here ever do that? I'm talking about, I'm talking about you just get so angry with them, you just want to pinch their little heads off and tell them what the truth is. But you let somebody else say something about that child, and oh my goodness, God help you because you're fixing to unleash mother. Forget who they are in the natural. You have just unleashed mother, and mother is coming with all hellfire and indignation, and you're not messing with her babies. Amen? So it's difficult. It's difficult. Yeah, come on. You can give God praise. We're thankful for mothers. You know, they got to, they got to know when to nurture, and they got to know when to discipline. My mother was the greatest defense lawyer we ever had until she got tired. And when she got tired, this was it. I'm going to tell your daddy. You know, we would get this picture of a guy with a hood and an axe in his hand coming to cut our head off. This mean, now we knew he loved us, but mother was fixing to turn him into a henchman and he was going to chop our heads off, and we were going to die because Daddy was going to know. And so we would beg and plead and hug and kiss, and we'd do everything. And every so often we'd get through to her, and Daddy wouldn't get told. But if she ever got to that point and Daddy got told, all you ever heard, because he always got home, not always, but most of the time we were already in bed, and you'd hear this, <laughs> it's the belt coming out of the loops, you know. And when that belt starts coming out of the loops, I, I tell you, I believe the terror of just thinking about it is worse than the whipping itself. Amen? And so, so here I am. I, I can remember laying in the bed, and boy, I hear Daddy come home, and Britt and I, we both jump up, and, and Daddy's going to whip me, and he tells me, he said, just turn over, son. And so like a, like a dummy, I just roll over. And he gives me my little whipping, and then he tells me, but I hear anything else out of my mother. He gets to my brother's bedroom, and he says, brick, brick, brick. And brick is running like a fool. And he's hollering and he's screaming, don't kill me, daddy. Don't kill me, daddy. Don't kill me, daddy. And mama's hollering, don't hurt him, Herman. Don't hurt him, Herman. And I hear my daddy holler back, hurt him. I can't catch him. And I thought, how dumb can you be and still breathe? Why didn't I run? You got to know when to discipline we live, in a, we live in a time when discipline is very difficult for mothers. They, they want to coddle, and they want to spoil, and they want to do all these other things, and so it's hard to know when to, when to discipline. But God has called you as women to discipline your children. You can't just let them get away with everything. Just, it's, it's bad for them. It's just wrong for them. And unfortunately, too many women know how to scream to discipline more than they do anything else. Let me tell you, stop your screaming. Just stop. Discipline. Don't scream. The screaming begins to shatter. Discipline begins the healing process. That makes sense to you? 
We just want to encourage you in that thing. And husbands, if they were, somebody asked me if I could redo my life, what one thing would I do over again? My wife was the disciplinarian in our house. You know, I was born to be a granddaddy. <laughs> Even my children. It's so funny. We would do things like I'd go out and spend money on them. And I'd say, now don't tell your mama. And they were like 15 to 16 years old. And they would say things like, we're not going to tell your mama. I said, you really don't believe that I didn't tell your mother we spent two or $300, do you? And they said, well, you'd say don't tell them. I said, well, no, your mama knows everything. But she was the disciplinarian. And, uh, you know, Herman or David would come home. Josh, I don't know how he ain't got out of everything, but he got out of everything. He was the baby. He was spoiled just a little bit. Look at there. Herman over there saying amen. One of the things that happened was Sue would discipline, and then I would say, nah, we ain't doing that. Right there in front of my kids. But I mean, you know, like, like David came home with a B one time and she looked at him and she said, you're capable of doing much better than that. You're on nine weeks suspension from doing anything. Nine weeks? And she looked at me and she said, I, they lucky I don't put them on for the rest of the year. I said, man, you can commit, you can kill somebody and you don't get put in jail that long. Nine weeks. And I looked at her and said, no, we ain't doing that. Son, you got nine minutes. Go in your room for nine minutes. And so... That would be about the end of that. But, you know, both of those are a little bit of an exaggeration. But the truth is, I undermined her authority. I undermined her authority in the house. The, the other thing about that is it made it difficult for my sons to see women in true authority. So I want to encourage you men, don't do that to your wives. Don't do that. Be a support for them. If you disagree with them, do it in private. Do it in private. You, the mother, you have the right to speak into your children's life. Not only do you have the right, you have been empowered by God to call them forth into destiny like no other human being on the planet. And if the mother and the father are not calling their children into destiny, start now. Don't call them the things that you don't like. Call them those things which be not as though they were. Start speaking the truth of God's word over them. Start blessing them. Start encouraging them. Start strengthening them. If they can't count on anybody else in the world, mama, they ought to be able to count on you. Daddy, they ought to be able to count on you. They ought to know that you're in their corner forever and ever and ever and ever. That doesn't mean you won't bring truth or correction to them. But it does mean that they know that you love them. Am I making sense to you today? I just want to thank every one of you mothers in here. I want to thank you for what you give. I want to thank you for the, the way that you, you have loved your children. I, I look at some of the children around here and the word of God that they know, and I am so impressed with what God's done. They are a blessing. They are a blessing, and they're starting out way higher. If you haven't started doing that, start doing that today. But I want to thank you, mothers. I just want to tell you over and over and over again how blessed your children are to have you. You've been listening to Sunday Sermons from Southside Christian Fellowship Church, a place where you are loved, accepted, and received, a place of healing, a place of prayer, a place of hope. We invite you to join us this Sunday and every Sunday. For service times, location, and other information about the church, please visit our website at southsidechristianfellowship.net. Again, that's southsidechristianfellowship.net. 
As we wrap up today's message, we would like to once again thank you for listening. We would like to also have Papa Herman, an elder at Southside, to speak a Father's blessing over you. May the Lord bless and keep you, that He would cause His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you, that the Lord would lift up the light of His countenance upon you and give you His peace. And remember that the Lord's favor is with you all the time. Expect it. It is with you. It's manifesting itself to you. It will overtake you no matter where you are. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.